The following program is intended for mature audiences. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. What are you people, on dope? All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend. Indeed it does. But first, it's time for the opening gem of the day. Thank you. 
Thank you, Allman Brothers. And that was the Allman Brothers with their 1994 hit, No One to Run With. And that was from the album uh, Where It All Begins, a song that was originally written in 1982. They kicked it around a bunch of years and finally came out with it in 1994. And it's a perfect way to start this episode of the Riffs and Rants podcast uh, because it's uh, the beginning of a new era. And let me start by saying, for those of you who do not know, uh, we had mentioned it on Facebook and whatnot, but uh, in December, we suffered through the untimely passing of Michael Sean Lee, my uh, best buddy, my cohort, the other side of this show, without whom, um, A, it never would have gotten started, and B, almost more importantly, it never would have kept going. Um, Something singular that will always stand out to me about Michael, not just his his affability, his his knowledge, his views on things, um, his almost encyclopedic knowledge of of rock and roll and, and anecdotes and things of that nature, um, was his love affair with this podcast. And believe it or not, you would think that, you know, because I'm all over the station and, and, and whatnot, this would have been my, my dream child. But no, no, it, it was his. And uh, we hammered it out and kind of said, all right, what the hell? Let's give it a shot. And it's funny because he always said, let's get to episode number 30. And we'll reassess. He's like, relax, Johnny. It'll be okay. You know, it takes time. We'll reassess. Um, well, this right now is, is episode 165. And uh, we're, we're still assessing. And now, sadly, I need to assess it by myself. Um, I don't know what the future holds for this podcast. I do know that, you know, out of respect and dedication to my departed friend, I want to keep it going. Obviously, it can't and never will be the same because he was 50% of this nonsense that we all seem to enjoy so much based on, you know, the facts and figures we get as far as our listeners all over the world. It's still something that I find amazing and, and he always found amazing uh, to be able to reach people just, you know, with, with our little viewpoints on stuff. Sometimes um, some interesting news stories. Sometimes an interesting slant and or prediction about something that was going to happen or something that was going to kind of blow up on the evening news. And it did. You know, that, that was one of the aspects I always enjoyed was communicating issues and ideas and then watching them go mainstream. Uh, it's it's a gift that keeps on giving. But, um, you know, like I said, there will be inevitably format changes because I don't think and really I don't want to find, um, let me use this word, uh, a foil <laughs> or an antagonist like Michael Sean Lee because he was the perfect um, antithesis in many cases of my viewpoint on things. Um, and what you guys would often hear was after we had done the pre-show and hashed out ideas and decided what direction and, and whatnot we wanted to go in. But um, during those pre-shows, man, we should have recorded that <laughs> because 
it was a lot of fun listening to us disagree. And sometimes I would get heated. Sometimes he would get heated. And we'd argue things out. So by the time it came time to record the show, we had always reached a middle ground. And in our little advertisements, we say it's, you know, civilized debate in an uncivilized society. Yeah, that always held true. But we never got contentious. And there needs to be a little bit more of that in the world. All right. And and I'm not preachy. I'm not getting on the soapbox. And I would never want that. Certainly Mike would never want that. But the lesson to be learned in 165 episodes of, of this nonsense is we all like music. So there's a thing that binds us. We've all got opinions about stuff. And that, whether they disagree or, or not, or whether they're opposite opinions, it doesn't matter. It's something that binds us. We've all got an opinion. And in today's world, with the internet and, and, and social media and whatnot, we've all got a say. So whatever your viewpoint is, I would say express it in a positive manner because that's how you get things done. Whether it's one person, a group of people, Congress, it doesn't matter. You've got to get people together. And a lot of times it calls for some compromise, but really it just calls for people articulating their ideas, their hopes, their dreams, their wishes. Uh, and you know, the other big lesson with this podcast, do it with a sense of humor because you're less likely to inflame somebody's you know, lesser angels of their nature, I guess is, is, is one way to put it. So that's that. And I, I had to open with this. I had to say that so that everybody is aware of, of the changes that are coming. Um, I might have some guests for now sit in on the show, probably be a lot more of, you know, just me a lot of the times and the other characters that have dipped into the show from time to time. Uh, and I hope that works out as always. If you got a suggestion, if you got something you'd like to say, if you've got maybe one of your favorite memories about Michael Sean Lee and something he might've said or something we might've covered, I would really love to hear it. I would. I still need that. I'm still in the grieving process. But as I and he and the great Vince McMahon would say, the show always goes on. All right. So that's what's up. Uh, as far as the changes in the format, maybe, maybe we'll stray a little bit away from the strictly uh, classic rock format for the gems. It's time maybe to start broadening things out. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. All things in good time. I'll keep everybody aware. As always, uh, you know, check us out on Facebook. We do have a page just for the Riffs and Rants podcast. And uh, perhaps you'll see some announcements come on our uh, webpage for Big Boom Radio, which, of course, is BigBoomRadio.com. And otherwise, let's just get down to it. All right? So... Little thing in the news these days that kind of burnt my ass because it's uh, two people that I don't particularly care for of normally similar views that decided to like eat each other like two hungry snakes. And last week it was Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers, quarterback, of course, of the New York Jets. Now, let me lay the groundwork for this. Uh, Some comments were made, I guess, uh, months ago where Jimmy Kimmel had sent something in passing derogatory to Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, who's known to be a bit of a, well, uh, a bit of a flake, you know, and some of the things that he's done and some of the uh, 
you know, life practices he subscribes to. And Jimmy Kimmel, whose stock and trade is, as you know, hacky comedian, uh, and spends most of his time making fun of conservatives, you know, and just taking cheap shots on Trump and, and you name it, decides um, that Aaron Rodgers went too far when he made a quip about the Epstein list coming out and Jimmy Kimmel going to be on it or going to be worried that he might be on it. So this big hullabaloo develops after that, up to and including little Jimmy Kimmel, okay? Yes, that one formerly of The Man Show, okay? Whose contribution to humor was chicks jumping on trampolines, okay? He's offended by this to the point where he's threatening litigation, okay? Scumbag! When did our comedians stop being funny? That's what I want to know. And, you know, we're starting to see more and more uh, comedians breaking out of of the confines of the woke culture and this whole, like, PC um, sanctioning and, uh, you know, laying laying these boundaries of where you you can and you can't go, okay? Flat-out censorship, really, is what it is. So, here's where I stand. You know, Jimmy Kimmel, again, if you're going to perpetuate this lie that you're a comedian, okay, or probably, as he would say, a humorist, because he's such a friggin' bore, then you got to learn to have thick skin, okay? Now, if, you, if you're throwing out these shots nightly to people, doesn't matter who, okay? You're throwing out little snarky bitch comments to all different types of people, You need to be ready when they hit back, okay? Because people keep receipts in the real wide world, okay? And just because you're safe from hecklers, because you do your show in front of a hand-picked studio, okay, with bouncers and everything else, out here in the real world, you say stuff, there's going to be consequences. And yet, you can handle it like, say, a Dave Chappelle, where people are going to cancel him. He's like, go ahead, try it, you know. Or somebody doesn't like something, he says, well, he'll come out and say, well, screw you. Everybody else that paid for the special thought it was funny, you know. And you can't always be on on the right side of a joke, you know, because then nothing would be funny. Someone's always got to be the point of the joke. And again, I'm no fan of of, of Aaron Rodgers at all. He's Like I said, he's a bit of a flake. Uh, he's very crunchy. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, just another liberal. Uh, his stands on, on vaccines aside... But again, watching these two go at it, I'm just like, seriously? What, what's the draw here? In wrestling terms, it's like two heels fighting each other. That's not going to put asses in the seats. And then they pour in poor, you know, Pat McAfee, who I kind of like because, look, he's probably the most entertaining punter of all time. But he's got his good little thing going with his show, and he normally would have Aaron Rodgers on as uh, one of his regular guests. So this is, of course, where this whole thing originated. You know, both ESPN and ABC are owned by the overlords at the Big Mouse and Disney. So it, it got really tense, you know, and as they say, it escalated quickly. So then apparently Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to be on Pat McAfee's show, which Pat probably breathed a sigh of relief. Let me get out of this. Let me keep building my own little, you know, entertainment niche. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel had settled down somewhat. Uh, first three batches of the Epstein documents came out, and no, neither one of them was on there. 
So it's just like, well, let's just hope it goes away. But <laughs> I just, I, it's not going to be the last time. And I think as society gets itself out from underneath this this woke nonsense and the identity politics and the virtue signaling crap, there's going to be more conflagrations like this one. And, you know, maybe next time it'll be two entertainers I do like, you know, or maybe it'll be a mix of, of one I do, one I don't. And as far as their viewpoints, yeah, at some point, it's going to be two conservatives going at it. I get it. It's going to happen. But it's just like, what more is, is, is in store for us, you know? Hopefully now that the writers and the actors are all back from their little strike and they got what they wanted, maybe we can get back to some normalcy of some good, well-scripted television. <laughs> uh, no more of these stupid reality shows, because, yeah, not a fan. All the best ideas have been taken. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But for the time being, I'll keep half an eye on this one. And, uh, oof, yeah, that. Another fun little tidbit, probably the, the, the highlight that's helped me keep my sanity over the last two months or so, my beloved Michigan Wolverines, national champs, during a season when the NCAA threw everything at them but the kitchen sink to keep this team from succeeding, okay? I'm not going to wade into the argument with the sign-sealing uh, scandal and saying they were definitely innocent or they were definitely guilty. But Harbaugh took it upon himself to miss the first three games of the season then he accepted the Big Ten's punishment of three more games, okay? In response to that, they would drop, you know, the pursuit of this quote-unquote scandal. Okay, great. But your head coach in a highly competitive division missed six games. Six games. They still go undefeated, Okay. They beat the Ohio State Buckeyes, the Ohio State Buckeyes, the Big Ten, you know, Cinderella every season. Love We love getting on their jock team. Yeah, them. They beat them soundly. Third year in a row. Then they go through. They beat so many good teams, obviously. Alabama. Woof, Alabama, that's right, beat them. Hard-nosed football style. A great game. Probably uh, in the top five college uh, playoff games I've ever witnessed. Yeah, that that damn good, that exciting, nerve-wracking. Yeah, I felt like it was, it was back in the days at the beginning of the Patriots dynasty when you just never knew what was going to happen. Then you could say perhaps, well, in the championship game, did Washington really belong there? Well, a lot of people picked Washington to win. Laying it on the line with Penix. A lot of these pundits you see on TV, the day of or right before the game, they're laying out, okay, let's see what everybody's got. There was almost like 50% of them thinking that Washington and their offense was going to bowl over Michigan. Well, we know what happened, okay? Again, I couldn't be prouder. And something that needs to be mentioned, you know, Michigan is a school 
with an 82% graduation rate. That's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Yeah, that's better than everybody else that they beat, obviously. (laughs) But that being said, I have to also say, thank God, things worked out the way they did and we didn't have to play Georgia because that is not a game I think we could have won, truth be told. So next season, we got the massive realignment. Uh, There's a lot of the regular games that we're not going to see, but in a way that's better because, you know, truth be told, a lot of the your your juggernaut Big Ten teams would always start with like three tune-up matches. Those days appear to be over. Uh, we've got some new burgeoning rivalries, perhaps, with the realignment. Looking at you, USC. Looking at you, Texas. Hey, it, it, it's going to be wild and woolly. So, uh, at the moment of me recording this, Harbaugh is still staying. J.J. McCaffrey has already... Uh, He's thrown his hat in the ring for the draft, as has Blake Corum. Uh, but we think Donovan Edwards is going to stay, so I'm psyched about that. I'm sure it'll be an outstanding team regardless. Um, but yeah, so that had happened. And of course, we had you know, the holidays, the new year. I had a birthday, so I'm a little longer in the tooth than I was last year. But as the year plays out, let's see. Maybe I'll be a little wiser. All right? All right. On that note, let's go to the middle gem. Another tune that I am admittedly kind of throwing out to my buddy. Um, Mike was a one-of-a-kind guy. He did not suffer any fools. And he had an innate coolness that is very hard to replicate. So to him, I'm sending out this uh, dedication. Just I thought we were almost finished. Good golly, Miss Molly. What is this fucking ponderous, man? Yeah, just like Casey Kasem. (laughs) A little tune called Boogie King by the Screaming Cheetah Wheelies. And we'll be right back with a few more minutes with some more stuff. Take my other hand Take my 
came from a mountaintop, it's what I am. You know, I, I first heard that song by the Screaming Cheetah Wheelies many years back. Uh, I was uh, just starting to really fall in love with, with classic rock. And they were a group, even though they were new at the time, in the uh, in the mid-90s, would play their album at the time on a decent rotation, this song being one of them. Uh, they were kind of cut from the mold of like the hard, bluesy, southern rock, like a Black Crows kind of. Um but just a good band. Yeah, and that song was Boogie King. And that was, uh, let's see, from 1998 off the album Big Wheel. Um, and yeah, they were formed in 1991. Didn't stick around that long. I believe only had three albums. Uh, and then went poof, did other projects. You know, that old chestnut. So, yeah, wow. This next one. Yeah, normally we do the humorous topic. And I guess this is humorous, but... Uh, I guess it depends on, on which side of the voting booth you're on because it's caucus season, gang. I guess you could say election season, but I call it caucus season because now you got all these caucuses. And I just love that word because, you know, as it relates to this election, it sounds an awful lot like carcass. You dig? So we got Iowa. First up front, boop, Iowa. And a lot of people say, well, you know, Iowa and New Hampshire really aren't, you know, good states to kick off this whole thing with because they don't represent the average American, you know. Would you please pass the jelly? So I say, you know, so what? Go shit in your hat. It's tradition. So the biggest challenge facing Iowans right now is uh, uh, vicious snowmageddon, you know, sub-zero temperatures. Are they still going to come out and caucus? And uh, as we speak, it looks like the Republican field consists of former President Trump and then Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And actually, Nikki Haley, as we speak, is uh, in that number two spot behind Trump. And uh, Vivek Vivaswamy, he's in a, a kind of a distant fourth. All right. Everybody else, they're out of it on the Republican side. 
So, as uh, Michael Sean Lee was fond of uh, of saying, and he was right, you know, the the Democrats never accepted responsibility for creating Franken Trump or whatever you want to call him, and um, you know, he was a direct reaction to the liberals overreaching on a lot of things and leaving out of the loop the quote-unquote average American, the the meat and potatoes, Monday through Friday, bridge and tunnel crowd, uh, calling them deplorables and and always disparaging them with with language that would connote ignorance and simple-mindedness and, you know, almost... um, you know, a childlike wonderment with religion and talking down to them about that. And this is what happens when you do that. You get Trump or something worse, okay? So many people at the end of his presidency wanted to lynch or at least pull up in front of the Hague George Bush, saying that he was a war criminal and and this and that. And whereas now they kind of view him as Kindly, an elder statesman, a kindly old man, one of the guys. Well, future, I do believe, will be very kind to Mr. Trump and his contributions uh, as president, okay? I don't know if when push comes to shove, if he's going to be able to counter all the negativity and drama surrounding him right now that is not an indicator of guilt or innocence right now that doesn't even matter it's the drama and the story and it goes back to oh my goodness and i wish i could remember this like verbatim uh but something president johnson had said way back when uh something just disparaging about his rival and his advisor said, well, how could you possibly say that? It's because what's he going to do? I actually have to get up in front of people and deny it that I, that I said this and that. And it, it's, that's what they're doing to Trump now. Because the more he protests the stuff, yes, he does become somewhat of a sympathetic figure because the American people always and innately will love an underdog. But the more stuff they pile on, the more likely it is that some of these things in public perception land are going to stick all right you might accuse him of a hundred acts of fraud but you know what you only really need one to stick to stay in people's mindset message theft hundred counts of it all you need is one instance it's things like that so i will never be one to say that the uh the the puppet masters and the other machinists uh, and propagandists of either party are stupid because they're not. Sometimes they miss the mark is where they should really be devoting their attacks. And that's when you get you know, unexpected landslides, a la 2016. But in most cases, they're, they're pretty dead on. These people get a lot of money. They get paid rather a lot of money for a reason. Okay. Um, that being said, it's really, in my mind's eye, going to come down between... Uh, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis. I think both have elements of their platforms that would be good for America. I don't have a personal problem with either individual, except perhaps 
a lack of uh, charisma, perhaps. I firmly believe this country is overdue for a female president. I would be more at peace with it being Nikki Haley than perhaps a Hillary Clinton, truth be told. But that's just my opinion. I like a lot of what Vivek Vivaswamy says. However, it sounds too much like an infomercial. I could sit here all day. God knows I'm long-winded. Self-deprecating humor there. And I could, I could give everybody the best advice in the world. I could be America's Dr. Phil and tell them all about pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. This is how you got to succeed. Follow my blueprint. But you know what? It's empty. There's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot more to being successful in life than pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. It does take help from other individuals. Sometimes that help only needs to be in terms of love and emotional support. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's government programs, okay? This is how it is. I know this sounds bizarre coming from me, but it's time for truth. What I don't want to see is another four years of Biden. In my lifetime, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I have never disliked the person who held the office as much as I do, Joe Biden, uh, for any number of reasons, which, you know what, I don't need to get into because, you know, Fox does a great job of it 24-7, 365. Um, I have zero confidence in Kamala Harris, which also I won't get into because Fox goes into that 24-7, 365, and justifiably so. It's disconcerting to me that the Democrats are convinced that that ticket, once again, is what's best for the country. I don't need to look at their fringe elements like the squad. I don't need to see their love affair with virtue signaling and identity politics and DEI to say, well, I disagree with their view. No, all I need to see is another bumper sticker for Biden and Harris to get reelected. And I know how out of touch that party is, okay? And that means, yes, I'm even saying I'd rather have that snake oil salesman, <laughs> Gavin Newsom, run on the ticket with some other competent Democrat than, than these two that they're offering up. And I will mourn the state of this country if those two clowns run and get reelected solely because of the perception of Trump as a mean man? Are you shitting me? I would hope that if Trump is not in it, and whether it be you know Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis, I, I, I think a lot is going to hinge, as usual, on who they choose for running mates. But I don't know if they're going to, again, have enough charisma to pull this off. <clears throat> and what their disadvantage would be, as opposed to Trump running, Trump has some accomplishments as president to hang his hat on. And some precedents, you know, that have already happened under his watch that we could possibly rationally look forward to having happen again curing the immigration problem, 
bringing inflation under control, you know, making people actually have a stake in the American dream again in so much as reasonably being able to save and buy a house, being able to eat the foods that they were accustomed to and feed their children in the way that they were accustomed to before we got hit by eight plus percentage points of inflation. So that now if I'm buying a two cheeseburger McDonald's Happy Meal on the roadside, I'm not paying $20. And yes, that's fact. Never mind the smash and grabs, the the crime that's running rampant around this country, the now hundreds of thousands of unvetted illegal aliens from all over the globe, and yes, I'll use a Trumpism, from various shitholes, okay? Doesn't that keep anybody else awake at night? Just not knowing who's here? Granted, look, we got enough crazy Americans running around. I'm not glossing over the, the school shootings and all that and and the need for some form of enhanced gun control in this country. But come on, people. You, you're looking around. Something's got to change. We've got all these dirt water countries around the globe, including Russia and China, just poking, just poking like like a like a pigeon, you know, on a piece of pizza on a New York street, to use an extended metaphor. Because yeah, sorry, the Big Apple looks like shit these days too, but everything's going to hell in a handbasket. And I'm not being reactionary. Yes, I know that every four years we talk about stuff like this when there's an election. And I know that every generation talks about the one that comes after it as lazy and listless and feckless and all. No, you're really witnessing this, folks. What you're seeing on the news is true. And all you need to get the truth, like I said, is, is watch them all or watch none of them. Go by what you see with, with your own eyes. And what you see with your own eyes what you hear, what you witness going on from day to day. And, of course, go with that that classic axiom, are you better off today than you were four years ago? Me, personally, I'm not. And I've had great strides in my career over the last four years. I no complaints there. But you know what? I'm working twice as hard to get to the same mountaintop. Not supposed to be that way. Not supposed to be that way for any of us, Okay. We got fast food workers in most cases making $15, $16 an hour. All right. Well, that's why your fast food's going up. It's not just the supply chain issues or the cost of food. No, it's that your basic business models are getting flipped on their rear because you've got people in power that don't care about business and especially small business, most of which never recovered from the, the pandemic shutdown. All right. So let's not even wade into that, you know. It's time for a change. So, all I can say is do your diligence. It's not the end of the world if a Democrat gets elected. It is the end of the world if it's the same old shit again. All right? So, do your homework. Remember, your vote does count. Everybody's vote counts. So, get involved. You know, on a small scale, just in your town. Or or have conversations with with people. Civil conversations. You're probably not going to change how anybody thinks. But at least we can work towards not vilifying each other. You know, because I think a lot of times that's what manifests itself in that voting booth when it's you, a hanging chad, and and God, all right? (laughs) When it's go time, you're like, well, 
I don't like these assholes. So if I don't like the one at the top, I'm just going to go straight down and, and hate them all. Now, think for yourself. Don't think with the machine and do the right thing. All right? All right. I am so done preaching with that. Besides, this nonsense is just getting started. Oh, the commercials are yet to come. And I'm sure they're going to be doozies this year. So coming up, our final gem of the episode. A somewhat short episode. You know, because like I said, we're just going to feel our way now and, and, and see what happens and what we start feeling comfortable with. But again, even a third song, somewhat dedicated to my late friend Michael Sean Lee. Uh, it's going to be a, a classic by Pink Floyd. Wish you were here. We'll be back in a few. Yeah. 
just a good one. Just a good one. Off the album by the same name, Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here. All right, well, uh, as my partner in crime would often say, well, what else is going on on BigBoomRadio.com? Not a whole lot. You know, reworking some shows, taking another look at the lineup to see, you know, what we're going to keep, what we're going to go. And obviously, uh, the show that Michael hosted, Blitzkrieg Bop, which was our punk show that aired Thursday nights, that I've retired. Um, Everything else as we speak kind of still intact. Um, This podcast will air when you listen to it live on the network uh, on Fridays. Uh, I'm guessing like on when it does play, it'll be, you know, like 8 a.m., 6 p.m., and then maybe again at 8 p.m., something like that. So we get you on the ride in, the ride home, and then the two fingers of scotch as you unwind for your day at night after the kids go to bed. Uh, And maybe, I don't know, maybe every two weeks, every three weeks, we'll play it by year. I'll keep us posted. Uh, We do have a new episode of the Classic Rock Showcase coming up. I decided to do one on uh, what some people call the first ever super group, and that was Cream. That's right, and so many great hits, you'll know most of them, so that was an easy hour to do. Uh, Other than that, yeah, like I said, no big whoop, no major changes yet. We're just feeling things out here in the new year. Don't forget, you can always catch the Riffs and Rants podcast, the episodes that we've done. Uh, everywhere you get your quality podcast, everywhere from iTunes to, wow, Spotify, Pandora, you name it. It's all over the place. So I know a lot of people used to download us um, straight from Google with Google Podcasts, but that went bye-bye, and they've apparently migrated that platform to YouTube. So you can still get in vis-a-vis that way. But as always, all the episodes are free. We keep it fun like that. Um, let's see, humana, 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 that's really it as far as, you know, all the news that's fit to print, and, uh, you know, once again, this episode completely dedicated to my late friend Michael Sean Lee, former co-host of this program, I'm not sure if Mike believed in heaven, but I think because the simple fact that I do (laughs) means I'm going to place him up there, and I know he's looked down today and, uh, had his hand on my shoulder doing this because it has not been easy. And uh, I know that, you know, he is in heaven because he brought so many joy to so many people. Man, I hope he knows that. All right. So, bigger thank you to all of you out there listening. Thank you so much for your support over the years. And we'll face whatever the future holds together with a little wit and a little intellect. Yeah, that's that. We'll keep doing us. Y'all be good to each other. And we will see you next time on The Flip Side. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again.